To be sure, she had any number of receipted bills, but none knew better than she that their total, staggering though it might seem to the daughter of an impoverished peer, did not account for half of that handsome allowance which was paid quarterly to her bankers. At any moment now, my lord would ask the question she dreaded, and dared not answer truthfully. It came. Three months ago, Nell, said the earl, in a measured tone, I forbade you most straitly to pay any more of your brother's debts. You gave me your word that you would not. Have you done so? She shook her head. It was dreadful to lie to him, but what else was to be done when he looked so stern and had shown himself so unsympathetic to poor Dysart? It was true that Dysart's recurring difficulties were all due to his shocking luck and it seemed that Cardross couldn't understand how unjust it was to blame Dysart for his inability to abandon gaming and racing. That fatal tendency, said Mamma with resignation, ran in the family. Grandpapa had died under a cloud of debt, and Papa, with the hopeful intention of restoring the fortunes of his house, had still more heavily mortgaged his estates. This was why Papa had been so overjoyed when Cardross had offered for her hand. For Cardross was as well-born as he was wealthy, and Papa had previously been obliged to face the horrid necessity of giving his eldest daughter to the highest bidder, even, dreadful thought, if this should prove to be a rich merchant with social aspirations. He had done so with great fortitude, and he had had his reward. In her very first season, indeed before she had been out a month, Cardross had not only seen the Lady Helen Irvin, but had apparently decided that she was the bride for whom he had so long waited. Such a piece of good fortune had never even occurred to Lord Pevensey. It was certainly to be supposed that Cardross, past thirty, and with no nearer relation than a cousin to succeed him, must be contemplating marriage in the not-too-distant future but such was his consequence that he might have had the pick of all the damsels faithfully presented by their mamas at the Queen's drawing-rooms, and thereafter exhibited by them at Almack's assembly-rooms and all the ton parties. Moreover, to judge by the style of the lady who was pretty generally known to be his mistress, his taste was for something older and by far more sophisticated than a child fresh from the schoolroom. Never had Papa thought to see his little Nell do so well for the family. In the event, her success and Cardross's generosity proved to be rather too much for him. Hardly had he led his child to the altar than he suffered a stroke. The doctors assured his lady that he had many years of life before him, but the visitation had rendered him so far incapable that he had had to abandon his usual pursuits and to retire to the seclusion of his ancestral home in Devonshire, where it was the earnest, if unexpressed, hope of his wife and son-in-law he would be obliged to remain. Nell did not know just what Cardross had done to earn her parents' gratitude. It all came under the vague title of settlements, and she was not to bother her pretty head over it, but to take care always to conduct herself with dignity and discretion. Mamma, declaring herself to be deeply thankful, had made quite plain to her what her duty henceforward would be. 
It included such things as always showing my lord an amiable countenance, and never embarrassing him by asking ill-bred questions, or appearing to be aware of it if, perhaps, he was found to have formed a connection outside the walls of that splendid house of his in Grosvenor Square. One thing I am sure of, had said Mamma, fondly patting Nell's hand, and that is that he will treat you with the greatest consideration. His manners, too, are so particularly good that I am persuaded you will never have cause to complain of the sort of neglect or, or indifferent civility which is the lot of so many females in your situation. I assure you, my love, there is nothing more mortifying than to be married to a man who lets it be seen that his affections are elsewhere engaged. Mamma should have known, for this had been her fate. What Mamma did not know, and no one must ever guess, was that her carefully instructed daughter had tumbled headlong into love with my lord at their very first meeting when Lady Jersey, one of the patronesses of Almax, had brought him across the room to be introduced to her, and she had looked up into his eyes and had seen them smiling down at her. No, Mamma had no suspicion of that. Mamma was all sensibility, but she knew that marriage had nothing to do with romance. It had been her dread, she confided, that Nell would be married to a man whom she could not like but she was quite sure that Nell must like so charming and so handsome a gentleman as Cardross, and, what was more, there could be little doubt that he was disposed to hold his bride in considerable affection. He had actually desired Lady Jersey to present him to her on that memorable evening, and what he had later said to Papa when he had made his offer had quite soothed a mother's anxiety. Nell would meet with nothing but courtesy and consideration at his hands.